servant's heart. You know, we got enough people around in the world today that are trying to be big shots and that are uh, wanting to be the boss of everybody. And you know, the, we need more servants today. And uh, that is definitely, definitely true when it comes to the house of God. And our, uh, our the message today is going to be on servants. You see the six different themes we have up there. And we're on service today. Next week, with it being Easter, we're going to kind of go off of that. And we're definitely going to be talking about the resurrection, one of my favorite things to preach about. So I couldn't miss that opportunity with it being Easter. And I am looking forward to that. But if you want to go and take your Bibles today and go to the book of John, chapter 13, I'm thankful for the. We were able to get Bibles for the rest of the pews there. You see those. They're called the Defined King James Bible. It's the King James Version of the Bible. But what it, the way it, the reason it's called defined, all the more difficult words that are in there, sometimes you come across these words and you're like, what does that mean? They're all highlighted, they're all bold, and then the definitions that are at the bottom, so they're really, really nice. And I really appreciate it. There was a missionary that I met that bought those for us, and so I was very thankful for that. But you can, John chapter 13. And we're going to start. We're going to read verse one through seventeen. We see here a story about Jesus that is really just an amazing thing 
to see, and it's really something to picture, to imagine our Savior, to imagine the One who had the power to speak this universe into existence. What we see Him doing here, it really is amazing. And it's really uh, one more thing that is just extra special about the God that we serve and about Jesus Christ. So it says in verse 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. In supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, that He was come from God and went to God, He riseth from supper and laid aside His garments and took a towel and girded Himself. After that, He poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said, Ye are not all clean. So after that he had washed their feet, and had taken his garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask that you will speak through this message today. Lord, help us to... Follow Your example. Lord, the last thing You said in that passage there that we read is happy are You if You do them. Lord, we need more people today to seem miserable as time goes on. There's more and more unhappiness. And Lord, I believe that one of the biggest things that they lack in their life is this attitude of service. Lord, and I pray You'll help people to realize how much it's needed and that we all will be better servants. In Your name we pray. Amen. Right here we see I mean, something that it's almost... Uh, a thing that a lot of people would probably almost be ashamed of. You know, if somebody is your leader or the God that you serve, this is not a picture that you see very often of Jesus Christ. You know, we like the pictures. Uh, you know, we'll, you know, the, people do the pictures of him on the cross, and of course, I think it's pretty well understood what that meant, him dying on the cross. That's why people are okay with that. But you see a lot of the pictures of him healing people and raising people from the dead. Those are very well known, common things. That's exciting. Uh, we've seen the pictures of him uh, ascending into the clouds, and to tell you the truth, uh, I am not four pictures of Christ. I don't believe that there's any drawing or any painting that can do our Savior justice. And I think it's a good idea just to stay away from those altogether. 
But at the same time, this image though, we do, we can look at the Bible and see what it says. And the image we get in our heads here does not really seem to be an image of somebody who's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, it doesn't seem like the image that you would expect to see from somebody who is the Creator of our universe. We see our Savior. The Bible says He lays aside His garments. He wraps Himself up in a towel. And He goes and He does one of the most demeaning jobs that you can do. One of the most humbling jobs you can do. And He's washing His disciples' feet. Now that job there, that's not the job for the Messiah. That's not a job for a king, that's not, that's the job of usually the lowliest servants. That's what they would do. They would be the ones to wash the feet. It was a very common practice back then. Of course, they didn't wear the shoes like we do today. They wore sandals most of the time back then. They walked around on dirt roads and no doubt their feet would get very dirty. And I don't know about you, but washing feet, that's not something. That's not one of the first jobs that I'm going to want to do. I can tell you right now, most of you in here, uh, you wouldn't want to wash my feet. They're, my, they're not the most uh, beautiful things to behold. And they, uh, the other day, we were sitting there on the couch and we were watching a movie. And I'm sitting by Chloe, and you know, I'm relaxed, and I kick my shoes off and take my socks off, and I kind of have my feet up on the couch right by Chloe. And all of a sudden, she just does this. <laughs> she just looks at me real serious. She's kind of dramatic. She's like. She's like, Dad, your feet really stink. <laughs> I was like, sorry about that, but uh, it's kind of the way feet are. And here we see Jesus Christ washing His disciples' feet. And Jesus t- tells them He's trying to set an example. He's trying to set an example for them. So what is it that He's wanting? What was it he's, that He was wanting His disciples to learn? Well, first of all, I believe that what He wanted His disciples to learn, what He wants us to learn, is that we need to be willing to humble ourselves. That's a very humbling task to do there. To be there wrapped up in a towel and to be washing the feet of His disciples, His followers. Jesus Christ was above them. But He's washing their feet. And he that had to be very humbling. Now, of course, Jesus, with Him being perfect, He didn't have the pride issues like you and I do. But at the same time, we're supposed to follow examples. And He wanted His disciples to follow His examples. And they needed to learn the importance of humbling themselves. He said, you've got to do that. You know, not everything in life that God has for us is going to be bringing glory to ourselves. and It's going to be all glamorous and exciting. Sometimes God is going to want us to do things where we literally are going to have to humble ourselves. Where we are going to have to maybe lower ourselves in a sense. Or maybe lower our expectations of who we think we are. What we want other people to think about ourselves. I believe He wanted His disciples to learn that they needed to be willing to do any task. We ought to be willing to do whatever God asks us to do. I talked about it in Sunday school this morning. There are some people that they, you know, they would, they want to do the big things that everybody notices. They want to be the guy standing behind the pulpit talking that everybody's looking at. But they don't want to be the guy or the person that's maybe cleaning the bathrooms and scrubbing the toilets. And let me tell you, I, I, you've got to be willing to, if you want God to use you, you've got to be willing to do anything. If you just want to be the big shot, if you just want to do the big things, I'm here to tell you that God is not going to use you. you God wants people who are humble. He doesn't want people who are lifted up with pride. 
One of the qualifications for a pastor or a bishop in the Bible, it says not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride. It's a very easy thing to do to be lifted up with pride. And we've got to, we've got to humble ourselves. Because here's the thing, if we don't humble ourselves, God's going to humble us. And it's a whole lot worse when God humbles you. It's better just to do it yourself, but we need to be willing to do any task. Some people, if you ask them to do something, it's like you insulted them. Like, what? I'm better than that. We can't, you can't have that attitude when it comes to serving God. We need to be willing to do anything. You also need to be willing to do a job without recognition. Now, I mean, I'm the kind of person I, I, you know, I try to give honor or credit to whom credit is due. I like to recognize people if they do things. I'm all for doing that. But you know what? There's going to be times that I'm going to, that I just, it might slip my mind or I might forget about it. There might be times that you do things and Nobody notices. That absolutely nobody caught on that you did that. Nobody paid attention. Nobody said a word to you. And you know what? That should be okay. That ought to be okay. You ought to be willing to do things without recognition. I've known people that they'll do some of those smaller behind the scenes things, but they always got to make sure everybody knows they did it. Well, if, listen, if you get the praise of man, that's, that's your, the Bible says that's your reward. That's all you're going to get. We need to be willing to do things without any recognition. Also, we need to be willing to be seen doing the more humble tasks. I think, wait a minute, you just said be willing to do things without recognition, but also, now you're saying be willing to be seen doing the humble tasks? Well, the reason I say that, there are some jobs that if you do them, it doesn't necessarily make you look good. It is kind of it is kind of a humbling thing. You know, I mean, I know we like to make everybody think we're big shots and we like to make everybody think that we're something special. And, you know, if we're bragging about, you know, how great we are and how wonderful we are, you know, we probably don't want them maybe seeing us. If we're, we're telling them we're this big corporate executive at our job and then they show up at the place where you work sometime and they see that you're scrubbing toilets, you know, that's, uh, I don't, I don't want to be seen doing that. But listen, when it comes to serving God, we ought to be, we shouldn't care. It, ought, it shouldn't bother us if we are seen serving God in some way that maybe is not popular or maybe some, uh, that people might even look at that and look down on it. Many people today, they, it's like they try to keep things a secret. Okay, well, I'm going I'm to go to church, but I'm going to make sure nobody finds out. I'm going to make sure nobody can tell I went to church. They don't want, they don't want people to know that. They don't want people to see them uh, you know, getting involved and working because it might make people think that you're a religious fanatic and you're worried about what people are thinking about you so much that you do things in secret, but it's because of pride. And we, either way, that shouldn't be the case. We ought to be willing to do whatever we can, and it shouldn't matter if people see us. It shouldn't matter if they don't. We're going to do it because this is what God wants us to do. I mean, that had to be a weird thing for Jesus' disciples. They had to be thinking, what in the world is going on when He comes out and He's all wrapped up in that towel? And when He gets down and He starts washing their feet, that would be, that would be weird. I mean, can you imagine if, let's say the President of the United States shows up and all of a sudden He decides to wash your feet? Like, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're the President, okay? I mean, you're not going to wash. You're not going to wash my feet. And you notice Peter, he had that attitude there. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't have to do that for me. 
Listen, man, I, I, believe, I believe in honoring the officers. Even if you don't necessarily like their politics or uh, what they're doing, I believe we ought to honor those positions. And there's, there's people out there that I honor. It's like, I'm probably not going to let anybody wash my feet. But at the same time, imagine somebody like that. And then here's Jesus Christ is doing that to them. And, I, and we, that, that's very humbling. And He wants us to follow that example. So also, we need to be willing to humble ourselves, but also we need to be willing to serve those who don't deserve it. Verse 2 in this chapter, it says, "...and supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him." Did you know that when Jesus washed Judas's feet, He washed all their feet, He washed the feet of a man who was planning on betraying Him. It was already in His heart. And Jesus knew that. Jesus is there and He's washing the feet of a guy. I'm telling you, if you can get this lesson, this is going to help you huge when it comes to the Christian life. He was willing to wash the feet of a man who was planning on betraying Him. And then in verse 6, we see Him come to Peter. And Peter, he's the one that kind of objects at first because you know he didn't want Jesus to have to do that. But Jesus told him, this needs to be done. I'm going to do this for you. And Jesus washes the feet of a man who I believe that very night it was going to betray, or not betray Him, but deny Him three times. He washes the feet of somebody who is planning on betraying Him. He washes the feet of somebody who wasn't planning on betraying Him or denying Him, but was going to. And the fact is, when it comes to being a servant, we can't just pick and choose who we're going to be a servant to. Ultimately, when you serve anybody, we're serving God. That's how we serve God today, by serving others. It's not We're not supposed to just pick and choose and just only do it for those who deserve it. That's not the way it should work as a Christian. Jesus did not save just those who deserve it. Because that would be none of us. And it's not up to us to be the judge of who's deserving. And when it comes to being a servant, whether it's in the house of the God or outside, we need to be willing to do it to anybody, including those who don't deserve it. That means you're going to have to sometimes be a servant to people who've done you wrong. I promise if you go to this church long enough, somebody's going to make you mad. It's just going to happen. I promise if you come to this church long enough, and I hope you come for a long time, I'm probably going to make you mad. It's not going to be on purpose. At least I'm not planning on it. I might change my mind later and be having a bad day and just you know get up and rant and rave. That might happen. I'm not planning on it, but I, you know, I'm not perfect either. Sometimes this mouth gets a little out of control. But you know what? That's probably going to happen. I get, there's going to be some of you that will probably do me wrong. I, you might not be planning on it. But those kind of things just happen. You get around a bunch, you get a bunch of imperfect people around each other long enough. They're going to do some imperfect things that's going to cause our imperfect attitudes and emotions to react in an imperfect way. And we've got to learn to just get past those things and to say, you know what? I'm going to serve, I'm going to follow the example of Christ and I'm going to serve those even people who've done me wrong. You're going to have to serve people who maybe are planning on doing you wrong. That was Judas. It was in his heart. I mean, just imagine the goal of Judas to be sitting there and letting Jesus Christ wash his feet while he's planning that very night to go and betray him. I mean, just just imagine that. And he was willing. He was willing to do that. I think that's sad. 
But you know what? We're not going to have all perfect people in this church. There's going to be there's going to be those who come along and they've got their own agenda, they've got their own ideas, and they're going to be here to get something for themselves. They're not going to deserve your service. There might be they might be planning something bad, but the truth is, we still need we still need to serve. We still need to do what we're supposed to do. Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ, he could have said, you know what? I'm going to skip you, Judas, because I know I know what you're planning. But he didn't do that. He washes all their feet. He when he got to Peter, he could have said, Peter, forget you. I'm I'm going to skip yours too. You're going to deny me three times tonight. He didn't do that. And you know what? You get to the point. You know, you get in this business for a while. You can almost start to tell. You almost know when something bad's about to happen with people. You can kind of you can kind of see things coming. And you know what? You you're just going to have to do. You're going to, have to say, you know what? Who cares? I'm going to do what I'm. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do. I am supposed to be a servant. I am going to continue to serve. I don't care what's going through their head. I don't care what they're planning. I don't care what they've done in the past. I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. You need to be willing to serve those who don't deserve it. Those who've done you wrong. Those who are planning to do you wrong. And those who will someday do you wrong, which is probably just about everybody. There's people today that I know that have been involved in the ministry and they don't want to be involved anymore because they've had too many bad things happen to them. They've been hurt too many times. And there'll be a group of people there that have never done anything wrong to them, but they treat them with this bad attitude. They don't want to serve them because they look at everybody as people who are eventually going to do them wrong. And you know what? Even if you're absolutely right, who cares? Go ahead and be a servant to whoever you can. That is what Jesus Christ did. That is what He wants us to do. Don't sit around and be worrying about what somebody might do to you. It may happen. It may not. But if it does, it doesn't change the fact that we are supposed to be a servant. We're supposed to serve whoever we can. You need to be willing to serve those who don't deserve it. Also, you need... This is huge. You've got to make sure that you let God, trust God to exalt you instead of trying to exalt yourselves. 1 Peter chapter 5, you don't have to turn there, verse 5 and 6. I've read this verse here before. I think I did it a couple weeks ago. It says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace. To the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. When the time is right, God will do the exalting. And notice how He says, submit yourself or be subject one to another. To be subject to somebody is really to put them over you. And God's basically telling us, you do that with everybody. So in other words, I mean, you might, you might be this in the church. You might, you might be, have, uh, you might be, Given a position, maybe you're the trustee in the church, but you know what? Maybe somebody else they're in charge of, you know, cleaning up after the fellowships, and maybe they ask you to help. And you know what? You ought to listen. You ought to do what they tell you to do. You ought to say, "All right, you want me to do this? Okay, I'll do that." Have that attitude. You see a job that's going on in the church, and maybe say, "Well, I, you know, I'm above them. I've been saved longer, or whatever." Listen, in the eyes of God, that's we're all on the same level anyway. And let me tell you, it's pretty low. Okay, we all deserve to be in hell. 
God's just being gracious and merciful to us, and we ought to be just willing to we ought to be willing to let other people tell us what to do in different things. Don't get all puffed up. Don't get all proud. Who is he telling me to do this, or who is she telling me to do that? Don't have that kind of attitude. Come in with a servant's heart, and I'm here to tell you, if you do that, God is going to exalt you. Some people today are so, they get so caught up into just trying to make themselves look great. Like the man at First John, he wanted to have the preeminence. Or in Third John, he wanted to have the preeminence among men. That they're always just out trying to make a statement, always trying to prove something to everybody, trying to exalt themselves. And I'm telling you, every time it results in them being humbled. And don't let that happen to you. Humble yourself, and God will exalt you in due time. God exalts us when we humble ourselves, and God exalts us when we serve. Matthew chapter 20, verse 27 through 28, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, "...and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant." He's saying, you want to be the chief? You want to be the boss? You need to be the servant. And then verse 28 says, "...even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many." He said, I didn't come to have people do things for me. I didn't have people. I didn't come. I'm not on earth right now so people can be working for me and ministering to me. I came to be a minister to others. Notice Jesus, he went to the different towns and he went to the villages. He went to the sick and he went to, he went to all these people. He was the servant. He did we don't Jesus never got rich from anything. Jesus was very poor during his time on earth. But that's okay. He wasn't here to be the boss, or to be ministered to. He was here to minister to others. And that's what was, and God will exalt you. He said, Whosoever will be chief. If you want to be the chief, you need to be the servant. One of the, one of the titles that they give for pastors in the church is minister. Notice it's not dictator. I'm not even real big on the title, title reverend. I like terms like, like minister. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. To minister and to serve. Okay? You know, Brother Gomer mentioned going to the hospital. You know, I, I was almost embarrassed to even mention that because it's not about, I'm, I'm supposed to do that. Okay? That's, that's what this job is about. It's about being a servant. And that's what all, that's what all, what all of us are supposed to do as Christians. We're supposed to serve. And when we, and when you do that, God's gonna bless you. Okay, I, we, I can't, we came to this town to start a church and we, we want to be a blessing to the community. We want to help people. I didn't come here, if, if I would have come here to just have this great big church so I could have all these people that I can brag about pastoring over and, you know, God's not gonna bless that. God's not going to that. God's not going to use that. It's about serving, and I believe that as a church, the more people that we are serving as a church, the more God is going to exalt this church. The more God's going to bless this church. The more opportunity that's going to come along. I believe we need to be doing as much as we can, and God is going to use that. But it's not about being a big shot. It's about being a servant, and God will exalt you when you serve. The greater we humble ourselves and the greater we serve others, I believe the greater the exalting will be. Philippians chapter 2, 
Verse 3, I think this is a great passage of Scripture here. It says, "...let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind..." Let each esteem other better than themselves. That lowliness of mind. You know what? Every one of you in here, you ought to have the attitude that everybody in here is better than you. Okay? I'm not. I'm not talking about having a you know depressed, down, I hate myself attitude. Okay? I'm not. I'm not talking about that. But at the same time, what I'm saying is everybody else's needs are more important than my needs. Okay? We've all got our things that we're going through. But you know what? When we find out about somebody else's, that ought in our in our minds that ought to take priority. Hey, this person they they got a need. You know what? Their need's greater than my need is. I want I want to help that person's need. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. We give them the priority. I would hope anybody in here, as a father or as a mother, that if you're if you were hungry and your children were hungry, and you only had a little bit of food, I would hope you would give the food to your children first. I would hope that you would have that kind of attitude. You know why? Because you love them. You care about them. Uh, you care about them more than you care about yourself. Yeah, I would, I would gladly die for any of my children. I love them more than I love myself. And when it comes to other people's needs, we ought to be more concerned about other people's needs than we are about our own. And then it says in verse 4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. When you get just to looking at yourself all the time, you are not going to be able to help but get depressed. Because there's always going to be somebody that has more than you have. There's always going to be somebody that's driving a nicer car than you are, or living in a nicer house, or has more money. There's always going to be somebody that's doing better than you. There's always going to be somebody better looking. There's always going to be somebody that's smarter. But you know what? At the same time, if we're looking at other people's needs, we're going to find out, you know what? There's always going to be somebody else that's poorer than we are. There's always going to be somebody else who's more needy than we are. There's always going to be somebody else who's uglier than we are. Somebody else who's... I mean, there, you know, you can go across all those things we mentioned. Do the opposite. And when you get more concerned about other people, it helps you to be more thankful for where you're at. You know, I enjoy every once in a while driving through the fancy neighborhoods and looking at all them big houses and thinking, good night. Man, I'd really be neat to live in a place like this. And you know what? Maybe sometimes you might want to go through some of the crummier neighborhoods. Maybe it'll make you more thankful. So you know what? Uh, I'm okay with what I have. God's blessed me quite a bit. And you know, if you look at, if you just look at the rich all the time, you're going to get depressed. But when you look at others, who maybe aren't as well off as you are, it's going to cause you to be thankful. Just talk, talking to Brother Merlin back there about the situation there in Norway makes me even more thankful that I'm an American. I tell you, I, I, I thank God that I don't have to deal, that I've never had to deal with some of those things. I, I thank God for that. And you know, I, you know, there's plenty of things I guess I could use to give myself a pity party. But you know, when I hear about some of those things that, that he's experienced and that he's gone through, it's really hard to do that. It's really hard for me to get depressed about my own life. And, you know, and when you do that, when you get to looking at what other people are going through, it's going to cause you to start praying for them more and wanting, and it's, and then in verse five here it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is the mindset that Jesus had. He wasn't here for him. He was here for others. It says, who being made, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. The greater we humble ourselves, and the greater we serve others, the greater the exalting will be. Well, right there is why Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Nobody has humbled Himself more than Jesus Christ. Nobody went from being equal with God to being not just man. But Jesus, He wasn't born into the home of a king. He was born into the home of a poor lowly carpenter. Born in a manger. He lived a life as a carpenter. Nothing glamorous about it. Even while he was, uh, when He started His ministry, Jesus, He wasn't he he looked just like a normal normal person. I know in all the pictures and things you see, it's always you know Jesus. You can you can always spot him and tell who he was. But the truth is, he blended in right with the rest of his disciples. He looked like the rest of them. That's why when Judas went to betray him, he had to identify him with a kiss. He told the soldiers, "The one that I kiss, that's him." Even the soldiers, they weren't able to tell which one was him. He didn't walk around dressed up in all these fancy clothes that made him noticeable like the Pharisees like to do. He didn't do that. He took upon him the form of a servant. And he and that's exactly what he was. He was a servant and he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. They stripped him there naked and they just they beat the daylights out of him. They beat, they whipped him with that cat of nine tails. They nailed him to a cross. They spit on him. They mocked him. Nothing more humbling than that to go from God to being mangled and hanging there on a cross while you're being spit on and made fun of. And it's no wonder why that there's coming a day that we read about. I believe it was last week we read about. When all of creation and all of heaven is going to be there bowing down and with a loud voice worshiping him, saying, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, nobody is going to be more exalted than Jesus Christ because nobody humbled himself any greater. Nobody served more than he did. And I'm here today to tell you that if you do, if you're, if, if it's, if you're interested in being exalted, and that shouldn't be the focal point, the way for that to happen is you have got to humble yourself. And you have got to serve whoever you can, however you can, in the most lowly areas. And if you will do that, I'm here today to tell you that God is going to bless you. Our theme for this spring is going for the gold. We want to have the best. We want to be the best. Well, the way that you can be the best as a Christian is to humble yourselves and be a servant. And that is going for the gold. As a Christian, that ought that ought to be our ultimate goal. Not to be the big shot, but to be the servant. I want to, I want to have a ministry where I can be serving as many people as possible. That ought to be your attitude. Who can I serve? What can I do to be a blessing to other people? And when you do that, you're going to get God's attention, and God will do the exalting, and God God will take care of you. So with that, let's stand together. Their heads bowed and eyes closed.